We shall fight with growing confidence and growing strength in the air. We shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight in the fields and in the streets. We shall never surrender until in God's good time, the new world with all its power and might steps forth to the rescue and the liberation of people. In times of universal deceit, truth is the only rebellion left. On today's show, more about why Senator John Cronin and Congressman Tom Cole should retract their support of Joe Biden's educational priorities and specifically retract their support of the Civics Secures Democracy Act. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion. Welcome to today's rebellion. Okay, so in yesterday's show, I spent the entire time giving you an introduction as to why Senator Cronin and Congressman Tom Cole, both Republicans, should abandon their support of the Civics Secures Democracy Act. Again, why would Piper be saying that two Republicans should not support a program titled Civics Secures Democracy? Well, it's because progressives always put these attractive labels on things that, in reality, are the exact opposite of what they claim to be. Putting labels on things that look good, the labels look good, does not mean that the poison you're about to consume is actually good. I told you yesterday about how Barack Obama was the master of this, hope and change. Well, who can't support hope and change? We all support hope, don't we? And all of us would like to change. But I use the analogy of an empty glass. You don't know what's in the glass of hope and change. It could have water that's good for you. It could have poison that will kill you. You need to ask the right questions. Make them define what this actually is. And that's the reality of this Civics Secures Democracy Act that is accompanied by a $6 billion blank check, if you will, blackmail to impose the federal will, the federal morality, or lack thereof, upon the heartland of America. That's what's really going on. It's a bill that will create activists. It's a bill that will encourage your young people to raise the fist of rebellion against the actual constitutional republic that you hold dear. Now, I'm not claiming that Cronin and Cole actually know this. Neither one of them are educators. Neither neither one of them have ill intentions as far as I'm concerned. I don't know what's in their heart. I don't know what they've read. I don't know what they know. But this is your opportunity, my opportunity, to educate them, to inform them, and tell them why we think this is a bad idea. We did it once before with Common Core. We said to Janet Barisi and others, Common Core is a bad idea. Why is it a bad idea? Because it takes local control away from you and me. It takes local control away from how we run our educational system and it federalizes everything. It tells you what you must teach to your kids. And as I stood against Common Core for those reasons, I stand against this particular act for the same reasons. And when you start accepting the money from anyone, when you start accepting money 
the risk is you're controlled by the person writing the check. And when there's $6 billion associated with this particular act, you can bet your bottom dollar, no pun intended, that you will start kowtowing and you will start obeying the people that are writing the check because you don't want to lose it. You don't want to lose it. That's just common sense, right? Well, today I want to go back to this article that I didn't have the time to spend much, uh, give much attention to yesterday because I started bloviating about bigger, uh, more macro issues rather than the micro issues associated with this article. So I'm going to go through the article and then I'm going to describe to you, define for you, what action civics is and why it's a terrible thing. Sounds good. Sounds like it's good pedagogy. Sounds like it's the right educational model. But when you just lift up the edge of the covers and look underneath, you see that this is a very ugly thing. All right. If you'd like to subscribe to The Rebellion, you can do so by going to patreon.com backslash D-R-E-V-E-R-E-T-T-P-I-P-E-R. Patreon.com backslash Dr. Everett Piper. Don't forget my book, Grow Up, Life Isn't Safe, But It's Good. Let me just say this about the book. The book makes this point over and over again. Teach good ideas and you're going to get a good culture. Teach safe ideas, like masking and obeying the government, staying in your home, not visiting your friends, not going to mom and dad's funeral, canceling a marriage or wedding because the government said you can't do any of this. When you teach safe ideas, you're not going to get a free society. You're not going to get the goodness of freedom. One more time, you will not get the goodness of freedom and liberty. Humanity will be compromised if you accept the second thing of safety rather than demand the first thing of freedom, which is really not a bad segue at all to what's wrong with action, civics, critical race theory, and the Civics Secures Democracy Act. I'll explain to you how these all tie together after we take this break to acknowledge our corporate sponsors that support the rebellion at KOKL Radio in Okmulgee, Oklahoma. I'm Dr. Everett Piper. This is The Rebellion, and I will be right back in a couple minutes. Welcome back to The Rebellion. All right. Yesterday I tempted you, but I didn't get into the story very far. So I'm going to go back. The National Association of Scholars. <clears throat> An alliance of scholars, <clears throat> excuse me, is appealing to the to Cronin and to Tom Cole to abandon their support of what they're defining as a bogus civics bill. This is covered in the National Review, and I read the intro to you yesterday. The National Review starts out by saying this: Leading members of a, of the Civics Alliance, convened by the National Association of Scholars, to fight. Action Civics, and I will define that for you today's show, I'll make sure I have time, and Related Dangers have issued an open letter appealing to Senator John Cronin, Republican Texas, and Congressman Tom Cole, Republican Oklahoma, to abandon their support for the egregiously named Civic Secures Democracy Act. goes on to say this, the civic, excuse me, the $6 billion bill, which should be named the Action, Civics, and Critical Race Theory Harms America Act 
will impose pernicious pedagogies on every school in the nation, just as Obama used massive federal grants to spread Common Core across the nation. And Cronin's and Cole's bipartisan support of this effort should be retracted immediately. And if you get anything out of this show, call up Tom Cole's office in Oklahoma and John Cronin's office from Texas and tell them so. Why? Well, here's what the article says. Cronin and Cole now have an excellent reason to abandon the bill. The new Biden rule giving priority to federal grants that push the 1619 Project and critical race theory confirms suspicions that the $6 billion appropriation package will be used to impose Biden's vision of America's supposedly systemic racism on the next generation. Did you hear that? This $6 billion will be used to incorporate the 1619 Project into the curriculum of every school across the nation. Why would two Republicans support that? First of all, the 1619 Project is bad history. Even liberal historians, progressive historians, who are honest enough to say so, have said so. The 1619 Project is false. It has a false narrative. Basically, it suggests that the United States was not founded in 1776 upon the ideas of human freedom, the ideas of the Declaration of Independence, the ideas that later became codified as our Constitution, that the United States is not a constitutional republic that seeks to give freedom to every human being because every human being is created by God, man and woman, black and white, Asian, Hispanic, Anglo, African-American, Native, that every human being is created in the image of God and therefore deserves, <clears throat> excuse me, the freedom, the dignity, the liberty that's promised by God from Genesis to Revelation, that we are endowed by our Creator with certain self-evident truths and unalienable rights. I know I'm mixing that language, but that's what, that's the founding idea. That's the founding idea of the United States of America, which started in 1776 as the result of the revolution, not the French Revolution, the American Revolution, not a revolution that ended with blood flowing in the streets as the result of the guillotine, but a revolution that resulted in freedom flowing across our country. Yes, progressively in some ways, because we're human beings. We're not perfect. And our churches aren't perfect because you and I go there, and the United States wasn't and isn't perfect because you and I live here. But our churches can reach for exceptionalism and perfection. It's called sanctification, being set apart for holiness unto the Lord, because our code and our mission and our motto is perfect. And that code and mission and motto is contained where? It's given to us from what? It's given to us from Scripture, the perfection of God's Word. It's called the inerrancy of the Bible, the authority of God's Word, the infallibility of Scripture. The measuring rod outside of those things being measured gives us the ability to stop looking at the imperfections of Christians and start looking at the perfection of Christ. Now, I'm not claiming that our Constitution is Scripture. I'm not claiming that it is inerrant like the Bible is. But what I am claiming is that through God's providence, he gave us a Constitution that in all of human history seems to measure up to the standards of biblical perfection, if you will, more so than any other man-made document, any other governmental document. It has given us human freedom 
to a degree that no culture has ever enjoyed before. It has given us the ability to improve, to grow, to be sanctified, if you will, set apart as a constitutional republic that reaches for the ideals that are described and codified in our very seminal documents, the Declaration, the Federalist Papers, and ultimately etched in stone law through our Constitution. It's these documents, it's this reality, it's these facts, these civic lessons, these truths of civic governments, these things that we should be teaching in our schools that has allowed us to continue to have a march for freedom. It's these truths, it's these facts that gave us the intestinal fortitude to fight the Civil War so that all people could enjoy the freedoms that our documents promise. All people should be recognized as our Declaration of Independence describes them. It's these good ideas that we should be teaching to our progeny, not the 1619 Project, not critical race theory, critical legal theory, or critical theory, and we certainly should not be teaching action civics, and I'll describe to you why. You know, some argue that action civics is a good idea. What is action civics? And why is this a bad thing? And why, what does it have to do with this particular, uh, this particular uh, curriculum, this educational idea, this, this, this bill, this Civics Security Democracy Act that Cronin and Cole are now su- supporting and that they should abandon and stop supporting it? Well, number one, because it throws too much money at the system, and that money will obliterate local control. You will no longer have a say in what your kids are taught, period. And as I said yesterday, education should be controlled by parents and local communities. It should not be controlled by Oklahoma City. It should not be controlled by Washington, D.C. or San Francisco or New York City. It should be controlled by the local communities. You should hire your superintendents. You should charge them to hire the principals of your local schools. And the principals should hire teachers that teach good things and are talented in what they do. And if they don't teach good things, and if they are not talented, if they're incompetent, then the principal should fire those teachers and go get some that know how to do their job. That's what I did when I was president of Oklahoma Wesleyan. Nobody ever told me what curriculum I had to teach, what my mission had to be, what standards I had to employ, and how my faculty were to apply those standards or accomplish their goals. I set our mission. I hired faculty that believed in our mission. I made sure that the faculty were competent and well-credentialed, and then I released them to do their job. I never went into their classroom and told them how to build their syllabus, what textbooks to use or not to use, or how to test, or what requirements to impose upon their students. I never did that. It was my job to make sure that the faculty were competent and that they adhered to the mission, pure and simple. And guess what? We rose to national recognition as the result. What is wrong with that? What's wrong with that? What's wrong with that model of education? I would argue nothing. Okay, I'm going to run out of time if we don't cover action civics. I've basically told you why Cole and Cronin should abandon their support of Joe Biden's educational model. It's because of imposing federal control on all of the United States educational system, specifically the heartland, because they despise what you believe and what I believe. 
They think we're rubes. They think we're deplorables. They think we're just stupid farmers and ranchers and blue-collar folks who really don't have much of an IQ after all. We can't let them control their local schools. Hugo and Salisa, oh my land, Okmulgee, Bartlesville, Copan, Dewey. My land, we can't let those stupid folks control the education of their own kids. We better tell them what curriculum to use, and we better tell them what pedagogy, what models to employ. What is action civics? Well, action civics is essentially this. It's an applied civics education process, which does this. Participants, students, are encouraged. Their engagement is valued, and their action, their active engagement is incorporated to the fullest extent possible. Anything wrong with that? Doesn't sound like it, right? I've done that in some of my classes that I've taught. Action, civics also does this. Experiences, knowledge, perspectives, and concerns of the participants, the students, are incorporated to the fullest extent possible. Kind of a repetition, repeat of what I just said, but that's the way that they describe it. They also say this, students learn by doing, with a focus on collective action. Hmm. I agree. You learn by doing. If you just sit on the bench and you don't get out onto the court and actually try to do what the coach tells you to do, then you're never going to become a ball player. Likewise, in the case of much of life, we actually have to do things. I would argue even our faith. If we practice what we preach, we actually become stronger in the beliefs that led us to that practice in the first place. If you don't practice what you preach, if you don't actually do the things you claim to believe, then there's a word for that. It's called a hypocrite. So participants learn by doing with a focus on collective action. Collective? Why do they say collective rather than individual? Hmm. Starting to sound interesting. Hmm. Pay attention to their words, people. Words mean something. You're not Webster. Webster wrote his dictionary. Words have definition. Words mean something. Progressives aren't Webster. They want to be. They want to redefine everything that the dictionary claims to be an objective definition of a given word. But they're not Webster. Webster wrote his dictionary. Pay attention to words. Now, they insert collective rather than individual into this participatory learning process. Participants, students, learn through reflection and analysis. This is central to the process. So, Bottom line is, it sounds very good, doesn't it? Active civics. Get involved is basically what they're saying. Go out and do civics. Don't pay attention to all of the rote memory of the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence and, you know, the Federalist Papers. This is just antiquated stuff out there. Go do civics. Hmm. In fact, it even says this if you look up action civics says this, in contrast to other more traditional forms of civic education, the primary focus is on providing students with action, opportunity, not content, not objective knowledge about citizens' rights and responsibilities. Action Civics aims to develop participants' civic skills. It's 
intent is to educate and empower young people to be active. Okay, this is the way they describe action civics. So, okay, it focuses on collective action. It's not interested in more traditional forms of civics education, which primarily focus on providing students with content about citizens' rights and responsibilities. This is what it says. Action Civics aims to develop skills. Well, what skills? And to empower the young to be active. Now, see, my argument would be you don't need to read much else to understand what's going on here. It sounds an awful lot like hope and change, doesn't it? Empowerment? Well, that's good. Civic skills? Well, that's good. Um, we believe you should know how to do something and not just have co content and you know cognitive awareness of what you should be doing. You actually might want to get off your butt and go act, get involved in it. That That's good, right? I mean, we all know that if we're athletes. We all know that if we're musicians, that if all you have is the knowledge in your head of basketball or soccer, but you never bothered to even go to practice and do what the coach told you to do, you never got in the game, then you're probably not a soccer player. Likewise, a musician, if you never bothered to actually pick up the instrument and try to do what the your teacher told you to do, then you probably aren't going to perform a concerto. Anything you ever do with that instrument is probably going to be chaos. So we get that. I get that. I'm a big advocate of practice what you preach. It's actually part of my Wesleyan background. It's John Wesley and Charles Wesley's message was, you've got your orthodoxy, you've got your knowledge, but you don't have orthopraxy. You're not practicing the very things that that knowledge implies. But the problem with a lot of this stuff, even though it sounds good, I would argue it's like hope and change. This active, The value of getting active and getting engaged, of participatory learning. Yeah, that's all good, but what is it that you're going to learn at the end of the day? Well, they're actually already telling you. You're going to learn empowerment. You're going to, lo you're going to learn about collective action. And they're saying, we're not going to focus on content and knowledge about citizens' rights and responsibilities. Hmm. You starting to get concerned about action civics? Well, you should. You should be. Um, here are some of the organizations that support action civics. Here's some of the things they encourage your students to do. Well, they encourage your students to work on electoral and issue-based campaigns. Hmm. I wonder which ones. Uh, you think they're going to get your students involved in working with conservatives? Do you think that they're going to get your sons and daughters involved in the issues of pro-life, standing against Planned Parenthood? How about issues of limited government rather than massive government largesse? Which issues do you think your teachers, the teachers in your local schools, are going to push upon your students? What issues will they be trucked off to support, bust off to support? What campaigns? What protests? Will it be critical race theory? Will it be Black Lives Matter? Will it be the 1619 Project? Will it be supporting Planned Parenthood and the right to choose? Will it be all of this victimization? Or will they be supporting issues that are focused on Christian charity? And virtues? Will it be the value of human freedom? Will they be 
put on buses to go support Republican candidates, conservative candidates, constitutional candidates, or will they by and large be protesting for and campaigning for the opposite? Do you have to ask that question? Should you be asking that question? The answer is yes. Here's another thing that they do. Encourage your students to take action on issues affecting their communities. Okay, good, but okay, who's leading? Where are these buses going when they get your kids on them and transport them across town or across state? All right, I could go on. Other things that they do. But I think I'm making you aware of the fact that you need to be asking questions. Earth Force supports them. Generation Citizen supports them. And by the way, Generation Citizen is a curriculum that is student-centered and action-oriented. And its main goal is to empower youth. Again, student-centered, okay. Action-oriented, oh, not a bad idea. Empowering youth, oh, hmm. Empower them to do what? Be moral, be righteous, be virtuous, or be vindictive, be violent, and be defined by their vice. What, what are we doing? What's the goal here? By the way, do you know who supports Generation Citizen? The Bezos Foundation. Now you know where the money's coming from. You know what the ideology of Jeff Bezos and the foundation is. Radical progressivism. Looking down their nose at you rubes and deplorables. They've said this. They've said this stuff. Uh, junior state of America, the mikvah challenge is part of action civics. It was founded in 1998, and it incorporates the ideas of Abner Mikvah. You know who he was? Died recently. He was a mentor to Barack Obama. The mission of the Mikvah Foundation is to develop youth to be empowered, informed, and active citizens who will promote a just and equitable society. The word equitable should catch your attention. Have you noticed how we don't talk about equality any longer in the progressive debate? We talk about having an equitable society, equitability rather than equality, because equitability is being redefined by them to imply that redistribution is the only way to have equitable outcomes. Not equality of opportunity, but equitable outcomes. This is active civics, action civics, and this is dangerous. Don't have time to do much more today than say this. In times of universal deceit, truth is the only rebellion left. You should be teaching the truth of our constitutional republic. You shouldn't be empowering youth to go out and overthrow it. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion.